on this episode of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast. All the shows, no matter how grand and big they are, or even small, they are, you're doing it and I'm watching. And so with Dueling Pianos, it's we're doing it and you're doing it with us. And you guys are in charge. This is your show, not ours. And it just makes it very special. In Spanish, its name means the Meadows. You might know it as the entertainment capital of the world, lost wages, or simply Sin City. Of course, I'm talking about fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. On average, 42 million people visit Las Vegas every year, and I'm one of them. I love this city. The sights, the sounds, the shows, the people, the history. I want to share all of it with you. Taking you to the world-famous Vegas Strip and beyond, my name is Jeff, and this is the Jeff Does Vegas Podcast. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 65 of the Jeff Does Vegas Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast journey to what I like to think of as the best city in the world, fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Before we get started for this episode of the show, I want to thank my guest from the last episode, Vegas entertainer and actor and the greatest Donald Trump impersonator in the world, John D. Domenico. John was kind enough to jump back on the podcast to answer a question that I should have asked him when he was on the show the first time around over a year ago. We also talked about all the different projects he's got on the go, what it's like doing his Donald Trump for the legendary Alec Baldwin, and how he's kept busy throughout the pandemic shutdown. If you haven't had a chance to check it out yet, jump into the archives wherever you get your podcasts and search out episode number 64, John D. Domenico, The Second Term, or head to the website at jeffdoesvegas.com. All right, on to the show. My guest for this episode of the podcast is someone that I've been trying to get on for a while now, but our schedules just never clicked. I'm a huge fan of hers, and anytime I have a chance to see her perform, I know I'm going to absolutely love it. Sarah Hester Ross is an incredibly talented musical comedian and singer-songwriter, and if you've ever spent time in any of the dueling piano bars on the Vegas Strip, there's a very good chance you've seen her play. Sarah and I talked about her musical background and how she made her way to Las Vegas. We talked about some of the shows she's been involved with in her time in the city and how she's been building her online presence with all the awesome material she's been posting on her social media channels. Please enjoy my conversation with Sarah Hester Ross. All right, so I hate to do this, but I'm going to begin our conversation by fanboying a little bit here. You are one of my favorite Monday's Dark performers. Oh, thank you. Anytime I come down to Vegas and Monday's Dark is on my schedule and I see that you're on the lineup, I'm like, yes, Sarah's <laughs> on the lineup and guaranteed she's going to break out the keytar. Oh, yes, yes. I, I do love bringing the keytar down there because it seems like it does get a, a different kind of reaction. <laughs> so it's, it's like, oh, that's weird. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I bought it for. I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> you know, it's still super lame. No matter how you look at it, it's lame. But 
Oh, I love it. <laughs> I want to start by getting to know you a little bit okay. and learning a little bit about you and, and the Sarah Hester Ross story. Um, you are a Vegas transplant, I'm assuming. You're not one of the rare people that's actually a, a born and raised Vegas local. No, I'm not. I'm I'm not weird enough, apparently, to do that. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Oh my gosh, I'm, so, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm even weirder. I'm actually from Florida. That's right. Where Florida man reigns as high on their crown. So, you know, me talking down to <laughs> native Nevadans, uh, I have nowhere to talk because <laughs> I'm from Florida. <laughs> but yeah, I was uh, born and raised in Tampa, Florida, and I lived in Orlando for about seven years before I moved here in 2015. So you really, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, you haven't been in Las Vegas for that long then, five years, really? Yeah, uh, almost six years, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so between the time uh, leaving Florida and making to Las Vegas, um, what did you do in between then? You bounced around, performed, did various things elsewhere, I'm assuming? Yes, I was actually, what brought me to Vegas was a... Um, musical called The D Word. It was D Word, Ditch, Dumped, Divorced, and Dating. It was a musical written by the author of Menopause the Musical. And so we were doing a tour and we did a three-month stint here in Las Vegas at the uh, LVH, now the Westgate. And I just uh, met so many great people. And then when that tour ended, I started doing dueling pianos. And nothing was really keeping me in Orlando. Uh, so, and I had met my boyfriend, Andrew, and we were doing a long distance thing. And it was just kind of like, I could probably do dueling pianos in Las Vegas. So I sold everything I had. I packed my car and I drove across country. Now seeming a little irresponsible at the time, <laughs> but uh, it it worked out <laughs> so far. <laughs> I guess there's still time to fail. <laughs> <laughs> what was that drive from Florida to Vegas like? I mean, I've I've never done the cross-country U.S. travel. I've done cross-Canada driving. I mean, there's some pretty yeah. boring parts. You go across Saskatchewan. There's not a lot to see. There's some fun-named cities. There's places named Climax, and Regina is a fun word to <laughs> say. But other than that, it there's- is. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, there's not a lot to see. What was the drive from Florida to, to Vegas like? It was it was very interesting. I had never done a drive like that before, especially by myself. Um, and around the like passing through Texas area, it's very bland. Um, I could have gone the long way and gone more interesting routes, but I wasn't into it. So I just wanted to do a straight shoot, get there, bye, Florida for now. <laughs> was Florida growing up in Florida, was it really as weird as, as, I mean, at the time, I'm sure it didn't seem weird, but looking back at it now, does, is Florida's a, a weird place? You know what? It's so funny. I, it wasn't, I, I had a pretty <laughs> normal childhood. Uh, I mean, I do miss the green in Florida and I miss being near the water, but other than that, eh, I mean, honestly, my my dad says Vegas is very similar to Orlando. It's just Disneyland for assholes. <laughs> so. Listen, I've been I've been to Disney World. I met some assholes there too. So, yeah, oh yeah. 
ninety percent of them are children. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, getting to Vegas and 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 living there. Um, did anything surprise you about living in Las Vegas? I mean, I think everybody's got this preconceived notion of what the city is like, but now that you're living there again, is there anything that really kind of surprised you about the city? Um, yes. When I was here for my tour, I mostly stayed on the strip. I mean, I was living, um, at the LVH and so when I moved here, realizing that outside of the strip is just normal life. And now I live in BFE, close to uh, Red Rock. And I live in a gated neighborhood with trees and a yard. And I mean, it's just, it's normal. It's normalized completely. The one thing that I did is that whole mindset of like what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. People really think that like they come here and they literally think nothing matters what they do. And it's like, Hey, I live here. It matters <laughs> to me. That, that was actually pretty surprising. Cause you think, Oh, people get it. It's just a saying, no, they think it's real. Yeah. People, people go to Vegas thinking it's the, it's the wild, wild West. And it's yeah. th this lawless place where no consequences. Yeah. You could murder a human being and it's just yeah. like, man, whatever. Yeah. Nope. It'll biggie. stay here. It's fine. They'll clean it up. Isn't that what the resort fees are for? I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what they're for. Phone down to the front desk. Uh, I need a, I need a rug. Uh, <laughs> don't ask why I just need a rug and somebody to take it away in a few minutes. Oh man, we never ask why. Don't worry. <laughs> um, I want to learn a little bit about your, your musical background and, and your performance background and such. Um, I mean, I'm assuming that you started playing and performing as, as a child. Um, not playing, uh, singing. Yes. I've been singing since I was three. Oh, okay. Um, I used to do these mother, mother daughter pageants with my mom and we would dress up, you know, do the, like the Shirley temple bits and stuff. So I've been doing that for a very long time. My brother is also a performer. Uh, my mom was a uh, um, elementary school music teacher for 37 years. So music has been in my life since I was very, very young. Playing, I went to college for vocal performance and I had to have a secondary instrument as a vocalist and piano was the logical choice. So I've been playing piano since I was... 11, but I didn't really get into theory and understanding piano until I was in college. And any, any other instruments in your repertoire other than the piano and the guitar? Actually, yeah. Uh, when I started dueling pianos, um, the, the club that I started working for in Orlando was called Howl at the Moon, and they wanted their players to play multiple instruments. So uh, they actually taught me how to play the bass and the drums um, I know a little bit of mandolin. I can play um, the harmonica pretty well, uh, but I I know how to play all of those things un poquito. Like I am a master of none. So, <laughs> but it's all smoke and mirrors, baby. It's all like, ooh, look what I can do. And they're and you know, layman is like, oh my gosh, she's amazing. But then a person who actually plays it is like, she sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, 
doing dueling pianos and, and that, I mean, I've, I've been to the different piano bars in Vegas and I've seen yourself and, and different performers play the amazing, massive musical knowledge that you guys have to have is is incredible to me. That just absolutely blows me away that you guys are just somebody just say, Hey, play blah, blah, blah song. And cool. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, that that's actually the hardest part of the job is having a wide enough repertoire where if you get an obscure song, you can probably figure it out, especially with pop music. Um, and iPads are a godsend these days. Um, so you Google it, it's got chord charts. Usually the hardest part are the words. Um, and so that's where the iPad comes in handy. But, um, you know, it's it, it's actually pretty cool. It's one of my favorite parts about the job is surprising people on how much we can actually do. Yeah, that's you're, I, I, you're bang on with that as a person that has absolutely no musical talent or ability at all. Um, <laughs> to to be at any of these these piano bars and and such and yeah when somebody throws out some random weird third tier don mclean song that yeah, five right. people have heard of and you guys are actually able to pull it out and say yeah here you go that blows me away yeah it's pretty fun and watching people's faces and stuff like that and then you know you have to take into consideration that someone's like trying to mess with us by giving us you know Mamas and the papas. It's like, come on, dude, we're we're having a party. Like, uh, <laughs> but you know, yeah, money talks, baby. Do um, amazing grace. Mm. Oh, you have no idea how much that comes up. Actually, it's like really okay. Everybody, put your uh, alcoholic beverages down. We're going to church real quick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> how often do you get stumped, if ever? No, I definitely get stumped. Um, um, you know, I would say one out of 20. And granted, we get we get a lot of songs. So, you know, you could actually mull your way through the songs you don't know, being like, oh, I've got all these songs to play. And also forgetting that I'm not alone. I've got my partner sitting across from me and nine times out of 10, another team that's coming back between the four of us, four or five of us, someone's going to know the song. And that's, uh, people aren't really thinking that at the time when they're trying to stump us, but between four people, thousands of songs, you know, we know, and it, but it's fun. People love it and I love it. So do you ever start feeling like a top 40 radio station where you're just playing the same songs over and over again? Like how many more times can you sing? Don't stop believing by journey. Every, every single day, every single time I work, I'm like, I am just a jukebox, but the difference, which is why one of the reasons why I love dueling piano so much is that we're not just a band. Um, you know, cause we're, it's not just music that we're offering. We're offering, um, improv, we're op offering comedy, we're doing crowd work, we're doing, um, you know, calling people down and celebrating birthdays and anniversaries. And uh, we, we're an all-inclusive variety show. And 
there's really nothing else like it. And I think that's what draws people in is that they realize, and obviously what keeps them there is that we're singing hits, you know, we're doing the songs that people want to hear, but what keeps them there for three, four, five hours is that, you know, we're paying attention to them and we're making them laugh and we're making them drink and we're making them dance and that's what I personally think is special about doing pianos. It's funny that you talk about that whole idea of playing the the same songs over and over again and playing, quote unquote, the hits. Uh, I mean, I worked in radio for almost 20 years and a, and a good portion of that was a classic rock stations. Right. And you'd get that complaint from the listener. How come you play all the same songs all the time? How come you don't play Joe's Garage by Frank Zappa every three days, but you play Stairway to Heaven every three days? And and the response would be like, well, dude, because you and 11 other people know that song, but Stairway to Heaven is a bona fide hit and people are going to keep listening. I mean, and it's also easy because it's an all request show that we can blame it on them too. It's like, <laughs> hey, this is a shitty song, but you asked for it, you know? <laughs> Everybody in this bar hates you right now, and it's your fault because of this song. <laughs> it's super fun. I kind of love that. And that's, and again, like you say, I mean, you guys are doing your, you're an all inclusive, all encompassing entertainment experience. Mm -hmm. You can do that. I mean, how long has it kind of taken you to, to get that ability to kind of work with a crowd and, 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 and just sort of off the cuff and riff and improvise with people? It took me actually not very long for that side of it. Um, that part of the, the, show came, comes very natural to me. Um, I'm, I, I think it's because of my musical theater background and um, as a self-proclaimed comedian, I guess, uh, at that time, uh, I just fell into it. The hard part for me was the musicality, um, making sure that I was playing the song correctly, uh, you know, doing it in keys as a female um, thinking about doing the songs and keys where normal people can sing them with me and not singing where I'm comfortable and it's too high for everybody. These are thoughts that have to go through my mind because it's more about them participating than me showing off. Sure. That's another sure. thing about the show that I really love that it's it's not about the performers it's about the audience and their experience and having a good time and dueling pianos is one of those things that I think even if you maybe have it in your own city it's something that you you probably you maybe don't go out to very often if at all but when you're when you're in a city like Las Vegas where there's so much entertainment it's one of those things that that you have to go see. And I know when I have people reach out to me and they say, uh, what shows should I go see? What should I go do? I always throw out there. You have to go to a dueling piano bar or dueling piano show because it's just, it's so much fun. Right. And, and there's nothing like it too. There, all the shows, no matter how grand and big they are, or even small, they are, you're doing it and I'm watching. 
And so with dueling pianos, it's we're doing it and you're doing it with us. And you guys are in charge. You are, this is your show, not ours. And it just makes it very special, I think. Yeah, Cirque du Soleil is not inviting this fat kid up to swing on the trapeze with them. <laughs> I mean, they might now. <laughs> they is, need to sell tickets, man. This is very true. I know there are people <laughs> that would pay money to see this guy hanging <laughs> off of one of those ropes at love. <laughs> Hey, whatever sells, whatever sells, whatever works, whatever works. Um, I wanted to talk about some of your past gigs and projects, things that you've worked on in the past. Tell me about pianos to the death. This looked like such a fun project. You, you created pianos to the death. Did you not? I did. Yes. Uh, actually I wrote it for the Orlando French festival in 2017 and, uh, it was premiered there and it was it was a pretty big success actually it was my first show that i've ever written and it was largely based on the dueling pianos mock and theme uh just a tiny twist uh have you ever seen the running man yes Ar- arnold schwarzenegger yep. so think the running man with pianos <laughs> and that's pianos to the death I love it. I absolutely love it. Any plans to um, to bring that back this year once things kind of get moving again? I don't know about this year, but we did do it here in Las Vegas at the space. Uh, Cheryl uh, produced it and I had so many talented local performers and um, players and people working on the show uh, and helping me write a, a different uh, show for Vegas. Um, and it was it was a good success as well. It was just very expensive and time consuming for me. Um, and until I can find Mr. Moneybags, uh, <laughs> it's probably going to be on a shelf for a little bit. But I'd love to bring it back. I'd love. I I think it would be a really great show for Las Vegas because it is um, a dueling pianos style with a kind of grandeur. Vegas E lift. So pretty cool. With the level of talent that's in Las Vegas, is it easier to put together a show like this just because there are so many amazingly talented performers in the city? Or does that actually make it harder because you've got so many more people to choose from and, and limited number of, of roles and, and, and spots for people to perform? Well, this was the first time that I actually had an experience where I was picking. Um, I, I've been auditioning since I was 19 years old. And so it was a very different experience being on the other side of the table for me. But uh, we had so many great people audition and it was a very, very simple process. I mean, it was easy to find them. People want to work. People want to do original projects. That was the biggest thing. I had so many people come and be like, oh my gosh, this is uh, original stuff coming out of Vegas. This is what we want. This is, And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to work with Sp- The Space and Cheryl is because they are very um, big on the, this is Vegas born. This is, you know, this is people pushing out original stuff because you don't see that too often. It is happening. It's, um, it's just not advertised as much as the, you know, main strip stuff. So it was actually not 
difficult at all to find talent and people because it people are hungry for it, especially the performers here. They want to be a part of something and, you know, we're doing having gigs and making money is what we're all here to do, but we're also artists at the end of the day and we want to feel like we're doing something creative and, you know, something we're a part of. Was it kind of fun being on the other side of the table <laughs> rather than, rather than the side where you're under all the pressure and auditioning? Was it kind of fun to be on the other side of the table saying, yes, no, maybe I'll get back to you. We'll call you. <laughs> yeah. At, at first I loved it. And then I was like, I don't want to be in charge anymore. I just want to come here and have a script and read it and go home. Uh, it was, it was a very like stressful experience for me. Um, I'm not sure I'm cut out to be a producer. I like the idea of being in charge, but then I, everything's here. And they're like, what do we do, Sarah? I was like, I don't know. Um, so, but uh, that's, that's a really good question. And to answer, ah, <laughs> that's, the best, that's the best answer. I'll, I'll accept that as an answer. Eh, yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about rating the rock vault as well. Okay. You got to be a part of this show and this, in my mind, is one of the coolest shows in Las Vegas. Such a an amazing group of of talented rock and roll legends, and you got to be a part of this. I kind of want to know. I mean, how cool was it to be a part of that show? It was really cool. It was a once in a lifetime experience for me. Um, my I met my boyfriend Andrew Freeman. Um, and he was the, one of the lead singers in the show from the very beginning when it started at the uh, Las Vegas Hilton. And um, so I actually moved here when it was still at the Hilton and I was there to see it from the very beginning. And from the very beginning, I was in awe of the show. Um, not only the uniqueness of the show but the the talent and meeting the guys and becoming friends with them and you know doing life with them it was just it was really cool um unfortunately i was a little too young to know who most of them were <laughs> so i wasn't necessarily like starstruck but after finding out you know their background and their repertoire and it's just like holy crap, these are freaking rock stars. And, um, you know, now it's kind of like old hat to me. I, my boyfriend's a rock star, whatever. He's <laughs> 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 like, oh, he, he writes thousands of songs and uh, millions of people know him. Who, yeah, whatever. <laughs> And I mean, for those that don't know, Rating the Rock Vault is is an incredible show. It's it's probably one of the biggest gatherings of of rock and roll legends all in one place. I mean, you've got um, you've got performers from Guns N' Roses, Def Leppard, and 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 uh, Bon Jovi, and and all these different different again rock legends in one spot. It it's incredible. Oh yeah. 
Oh yeah, definitely. Let's talk about some of the stuff you are currently working on, which I guess in the current world situation is not an easy thing to be doing. Um, the inability to actually get out and be able to perform in, in front of people. Um, you've been doing a ton of online stuff, which has been really, really cool to watch. Oh, thank you. It's been a lot of fun to see. Was it hard to make that, that pivot from being out in front of people several days a week to all of the sudden I'm in my house and I need to figure out how to do this. (laughs) Yes, it was very difficult. Um, I I tried a few times to do live streams, and um, they were um, a lot harder <laughs> than I thought it was going to be. It's just different problems, like different different situations. Of I'm I'm trying to do the request vibe, and uh, my internet freaking sucks, and you know I'm trying to look at the requests from everybody, and people are sending me. Uh, tips on Venmo, which is which was so generous and so I appreciate it so much because you know I'm out of work right now, but um, it, it was it was just so much going on and I couldn't focus on everybody and I'm trying to be funny and play music and it, it's just it was very difficult. I haven't tried it again since. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was kind of depressing for me, but. The things that I have been pretty successful with are um, video recording and, mm. uh, you know, doing stuff like that. Uh, TikTok is actually the place where I have been getting a lot of success from as of late because of the quarantine, which is, I know it sounds stupid, but it's actually pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a, I mean, TikTok is one of those things. It's a, it's a platform. And I guess, I mean, I don't know if there's, a quote unquote stigma associated with it, that it's for, Oh, there definitely is 100%. (laughs) There is definitely a stigma and it is for, it was uh, that it was created for children. And even there's like a lot of like, um, like hate on the app from the kids to the adults. Cause there's a lot of adults on the app now and they just tear into these people. Um, I, I've gotten a little backlash, but not too much. Um, but yeah, they they are not happy. Adults <laughs> are on the app. They are not happy. I, I'm so. guessing it's kind of similar to along the same lines as, I mean, when Facebook was sort of in its infancy and all of the sudden, like, your mom is on Facebook. Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very similar. It's very similar to that. And granted, ugh. Some of the some of these children and the things that they post and and I I know I sound so old when I talk like this but I'm like dude where are your parents <laughs> I mean I just I I sound so old when I say it but I I mean it I mean it with fervency but, yeah. it's okay I've legitimately told children to get off my lawn so trust me. <laughs> I'm not even making that up. I have actually out the front door yelled, Hey, get off my lawn. Like it's a thing that's actually happened. That's hilarious. Um, (laughs) You've got a bunch of projects that you've been working on as well. You just popped out your uh, comedy EP live music stuff, which was a lot of fun to listen to. Oh, good. I'm so glad you listened. Yeah, it it was really fun. And, um, and that's another thing that's I'm, I've been doing, through quarantine is I've got all of these recordings and 
now I can focus on them and put them out. And I'm actually getting a lot of success and a lot of great feedback from it. People are subscribing to my um, uh, Spotify and my YouTube channel, which is what I'm trying to push towards. And TikTok is helping a lot. I put snippets out on TikTok. And if people like it, then I'm like, oh, okay, I'll record it and I'll put it out on Spotify. Something else you put out that was a lot of fun to watch was your uh, your Trump money video that you did with uh, John D. Domenico. <laughs> yeah, that was super fun. I have been wanting to work with John ever since I met him. And it was just a, a perfect timing with you know everything. And I, I actually got the idea from uh, my little one and he... Uh, and so I, I wrote the song and I asked John to do the video with me and he was ecstatic and he was obviously perfect. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, an, another really great project that I loved doing. Very, very cool. Um, as things start to open up and get back to some semblance of normality, uh, where can people go and, and see you performing in Las Vegas? Um, I, I am mostly at, the bar at Times Square in New York, New York. And I also work at a piano bar at the Excalibur called The Big Bang. It's inside the Dick's Last Resort. So those are the two places that you can mainly find me. And if people want to search you out online, give you a follow, find you on social media, how can they do that? Um, All my handles are at Sarah Hester Ross. And my website is my name. And you can find me. And listen, don't worry about stalking. If I didn't want stalkers, I wouldn't put it up there. (laughs) So stalk away, please. (laughs) Sarah Hester Ross, uh, thank you so much for for taking time to to jump on the podcast and have a conversation with me today. I really appreciate it. It uh, It was a lot of fun. Thank you, Jeff. If you want to learn more about Sarah and check out her amazing work, you'll find links to her website and all her social media in the show notes at jeffdoesvegas.com. And that wraps up yet another episode of the podcast. If you've got feedback on this episode of the show or any other episode for that matter, or you've got suggestions and ideas for topics you'd like me to cover on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to me via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Jeff Does Vegas. You can also email me directly at Jeff at JeffDoesVegas.com. In the meantime, thank you so much for checking out the show. Be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts so you'll know the moment new episodes are available. And don't forget to visit JeffDoesVegas.com for past episodes, show notes, and a link to the official Jeff Does Vegas YouTube channel. My name is Jeff, and this has been episode number 65 of the Jeff Does Vegas podcast. 